afternoon, everybody. Today's word is going to be preparing us for Africa Rise. And uh, if you were here last week, I'm going to just be continuing some of our, our thoughts. And uh, I believe that the Lord will, will help us today. I would like us to go, please, to the book of uh, Ezekiel, chapter 37. Uh, Ezekiel 37, and we're going to read the first 10 verses. It's familiar scripture, but I believe... If you were here last week, I explained how the book of Ezekiel, in many ways, is a picture of, of, of uh, the redemption work that God did for the people of Israel. And I, I call that book, in many ways, a, a, a picture of the vision that we have. It is a redemption book of the Bible, where God takes the slavery and the bondage of Babylon, all the way back to the place where, at the end, the last statement, the last phrase in the book of Ezekiel is, The Lord is there. And I like that the Lord is from bondage to the Lord is there. And I feel that in the same way where God has positioned us, we are of the same mind that from the bondage and from the poverty, from the injustice, the warfare, the tribalism, all of the things that have traditionally come to define this part of the world, it will be transformed into God is there. Hallelujah. Uh, so that being like the book of, of the vision, if I could put it that way, the, the picture of the, the vision, I like to focus right here in Ezekiel chapter 37. Uh, it's the story of Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones. And I just want to pick some uh, three, three ideas out of here and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Amen? Ezekiel chapter 37. We begin reading in verse number one. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, and make flesh come upon you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that it would not be my words, but yours, Father God. May I speak, even as Ezekiel was speaking, 
in that time and in that place, Father God. And may your words come to life first and foremost in our own hearts and in our own lives, Father God. Let the dead things awaken again. Let the Spirit of God breathe over the people of God. And let us receive, Father God, the power of resurrection life today. Hallelujah. And even through us, Father God, to this nation, to this continent, to the church of Jesus Christ, globally, Father God, and to those who are wayward in spirit, Father God, that the spirit of resurrection, the spirit of God breathe on the dry bones of our world, Father God. Even from this place today, I declare no limitations on this word, how far it can go and what it can do, Father God, that the broken places, the scattered bones come together today again. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit promotion. I'm, I'm going to be businessman now. Uh, I've, I've been working on a book. Um, amen. R writing a book is something I've never done before. I've always thought about it. Um, I was inspired earlier this year. Uh, it's, it's funny. I was inspired when we went to uh, Democratic Republic of Congo with Madame Chibasu and her family. Had a wonderful time there with David and his family. Kids. Kids. And... Uh, um, you, you know, we, we have now, what we've started in our church, it's, it's, it's evolved into this Africa Rise movement network. There's people all over the con continent who are partnering with us. And uh, uh, the, the, the idea is just not to bring another revival per se, but to see the justice and righteousness of God anchored in all of our church activities. In Africa, we don't have much of a problem with the anointing. We don't have much problem with the Spirit of God. You know, there's other nations and other parts of the body of Christ that when you start talking about the things of the Spirit, it becomes controversial. But generally in Africa, you know, spiritual things, they come naturally. It's just not a, not a problem. And I think I know why. The reason is, is generally your problems and your trouble, it automatically, by default, bring you closer to God. By force. All right? You can rely on your mind to a certain degree, but there will come a time when your mind fails you, when your opportunities fail you, when what you have in your hand hangs very limp in, in light of what challenges you are facing, then God becomes a good idea. In case you are wondering when the best time to witness to people about Jesus is, let me tell you, on the airplane. <laughs> on the airplane. Because people on the ground... They don't care much. They won't listen to you. They'll shut you down if you start talking about Jesus. But all you have to say is, you know, anything can happen right now. <laughs> I've heard stories of people who are in plane crashes. You know, when the plane is up and you're fine and the movie is on and the, the, they're bringing you drinks, no problem. But when turbulence hits, people start calling to Buddha, to Shinto, anybody, help. So, you know, Jesus says, yes, he does. Hallelujah. What's his name again? Jesus? Yes. That's the best time. Salvation. 30,000 feet salvation for free. Uh, people generally, uh, if they have not been through something, God is very foreign to them. Uh, this was, I, I, it was amazing. When my parents started the church in Nairobi, there was a church for refugees at the time when Derg collapsed here in Ethiopia. And when Derg collapsed here in Ethiopia, it created a great, great shaking of everybody's life. Everything was turned upside down. And so there was people who literally, like especially former, you know, uh, uh, communist soldiers and generals, now, they're, 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 before they were the boss. 
you know, people would bow to them and everything, you know. But now that everything has shaken, now the, the table has turned upside down, now they're being sought after to be arrested and put, now everybody's fleeing. And literally, you know, it's just the, the wisdom of God, you know. My parents, the Lord spoke to them to start church. So they started church. When was it that the dirt collapsed? Just almost a month, two months, about, about two months after the church started. Hmm? Ethiopian church in Nairobi. With 20 people, it seems like you're wasting your time. And then two months after they started this church, here comes this huge influx of, of refugees. Yesterday they were generals, today they are refugees. Yesterday, eh, there's no such thing as God. Now, whatever, Jesus, help Jesus. I remember I went on the one-year anniversary of the church, and I remember there was a former general's choir. A former general's choir standing up and singing and celebrating one year anniversary since they got born again. The human heart is very, very fickle, wicked above all things. I remember there was even a, a, a communist, a, 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 what's his name, a PhD, a Dr. Samuel, I think was his name. He had a PhD in atheism. <laughs> he studied in Moscow atheism. And when he ended up in Nairobi, now he's a preacher of the gospel. Just a, sometimes just a little nikiki. So generally, you know, nations that have problem with, you know, different dimensions of theological issues, they probably haven't been through much yet. When they fell, I, I wrote in my book, if I could just share a little advertising so you can buy my book. <laughs> I, I was talking with someone from Sweden. And he was telling me how he believes in the socialist system of Sweden. It's beautiful, you're taxed highly, but education is paid. Come on, somebody. Yeah, your, 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 your medical is paid. You can stop working, you're paid. Congratulations, you know. And he was saying, I have children, babies. And even my children, from the day they are born, every month, they get like something, 100 something, 150 euro for my babies. Some of us don't even put that much aside for our babies. That's another. But, but like everything is just amazing in Sweden. And then I told him, you know what? I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor of a church. He's, oh, oh, religion? No, 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 no. No, no, thank you. You see? I'm, I'm irreligious, but thank you. I'm not interested. Okay, no, just, I'm just telling you my profession. You told me yours. I'm just, we're just talking. <laughs> Very defensive. The next day, I was talking with a Kenyan. And we were talking, and you just started talking, you know, about, about you know, Politics, somehow we ended up in politics. Yeah, and then such and such did this to such and such. The corruption in my country. Ooh, oh my God. <laughs> the tribalism in my country. He went on and on and on and on. And after a while, after a while, without me even telling him I'm a pastor, he himself said, we just need to pray. You see? So I looked two countries, <laughs> two different set of challenges, to different perspectives on God. So some of you come in here, you know, and you come with an attitude like, hmm, see what they're going. Just little note and you'll be here on the floor. Tambarkakachu. <laughs> That's it. Even my experience, to be honest, some of the things that I got, went through, it caused me to become what I am. People think, or sometimes I've heard people say, Pastor Z, you're such a good preacher. I'm not a good preacher. A little bit of, it can make you a good anything. Eh? Remember? Jonah was an amazing preacher. <laughs> you know why Jonah? You know, three days of preaching. Three days of preaching and a whole city re repented and turned to the... A whole city. That's good preaching. 
That's better preaching than my preaching. I've been preaching here 10 years. Jonah, three days and the whole city is repenting. That's good preaching. Do you know why he's a good preacher? You spend three days in the belly of a fish. How about I get into Ezekiel 37? My book, yes. Please buy my book. Yeah. It's Africa Rised and the subtitle is Thoughts for the Way Forward. And it's just the Africa Rised vision. You know, the Bible says in Habakkuk that we're supposed to write the vision and make it plain. So that the one who hears it may take it and run with it. Amen. It's the written down vision that causes the runners to run. It's not the vision that you think. It's not even the vision that you speak. It's the vision that's written that creates runners according to the word of God. So I felt, I was saying, yeah, phew, I'm all over the place today, excuse me. But when we were in, in, in Congo, I, I saw how much this vision is needed in a place like Congo. Congo is rich, the most richest country in Africa. It's also the poorest country in Africa. And that combination represents largely what the continent looks like. It's like a dynamic that's confusing. You see? And I felt the concepts that, that, you know, Congo does not need another handout. They don't need, you know, more investment because there's some things that are already there that just need a little bit of revival. And if God can get in there somehow, but, you know, I was linguistically challenged. Everyone speaks Bakongo, Lingala, and French. In fact, when we went to a portrait Claude's church, I was speaking in English, translate to French, then translate to Lingana, Lingala, and then back again. And I found out that by the time the word got here, <laughs> we were preaching two completely different messages. Because I told them, it's so nice to see you all today and be with you, and then something he said, and everybody, hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, that's not what I said. And, and Madam Chibasu and, and David are back here and they keep saying, wrong, he got it wrong, that's not right. Finally, Madam just got up and said, took the mic and just started to preach that thing. I sat down. <laughs> but, you know, I believe this, this message, really, I believe it came from God. And, and it needs to be heard. And I had such a burden to communicate. And I said, you know, if I write something down, eh, it can be translated. And if it's translated, people can understand it and run with it. And change can really happen. That's my, my vision for this, this book. Amen. And it, and it can happen. Written words have, have that kind of power. And it's funny. So I, we were driving all day. It was supposed to be a two-hour drive. Madam, how long did it take us? 17 hours? 14 hours? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a 14-hour drive. But if you're expecting a two-hour drive and planning for a two-hour drive, I mean, when you look on the map, it just looks like that. So I had this burden. We were driving. And by the time we got back, I couldn't stand it. And I just started writing when we got into the hotel. Started writing and writing and writing. The next Sunday, we were in a church with uh, Prophet Jose. And after we, we ministered, he gave a word for each one of us. And the word that he told me, it kind of blessed me. He said... God has given you, you know, it's funny, it wasn't a big church, it was a very small, small church. But, oh Lord, they praise. And he said, you have a book inside of you. In fact, you have already begun. And this book is going to be a blessing to many people. Come on, somebody. So I, I believe that the hand of God is on it. I pray that it will be a blessing. But more than anything, let God use it for however he, he, he desires. Amen. Ezekiel 37, I did not forget. I know exactly what I'm doing this morning. Um, 
Uh, we just read the, the, the scriptures. Three points I want us to take from here, and then we're going to pray today. Amen? Um, point number one. Actually, if we could just throw up verse three, please. Yes. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. I want to deal with this first point, the question that God asks Ezekiel. He says, Son of man, can these bones live? And I thought it was a very interesting question because God, the knower of all things, really doesn't need to be asking questions. And if Saleh said this before, if God is asking a question, it is not because he is ignorant and he needs to know something that he does not know. He's asking the question intentionally, trying to solicit something out of the prophet Ezekiel. All right? So he asks him, can these bones live? All right? Now, the reason why he's asking is because Ezekiel's opinion, Ezekiel's perspective, Ezekiel's mindset is very instrumental to what God wants to do with these bones. The Bible says he led him through the valley. The valley of bones was very dry. Then he asks him the question, can these bones live? He wants to know what Ezekiel has in mind, what his opinion is, because his opinion matters. His opinion is very important to God. Amen? Because it is through that opinion that God will do the next thing he has in mind to do. Hallelujah. And it reminds me that there are always two things that are always going on in your life at all times. One of two things, or two things that are always constant in your life. One is what you are going through. Whether good or bad, you're always going through something. Unless you're dead, which does not apply to anybody this morning. Everybody is going through something. That's number one. Number two, the number two constant is your opinion, your attitude, your perspective on what you are going through. And what is even more important than what you are going through is your attitude, perspective, and opinion about what you are going through. Yes. Hallelujah. Ezekiel had been through the valley of dry bones, but God now wanted to know what is your opinion about these dry bones. Because at the end of the day, it is not what you are going to do, or what you are going through, that will have the final say in your life. It is what you say, what your opinion is, what you do about what you are going through, that will have the final say in your life. The Bible says that, yea, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That is what I'm going through. But my attitude is, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. There is what you're going through. There is your attitude in what you are going through. And Ezekiel's attitude was on trial before God. Hmm. What is your opinion, Ezekiel? What do you say about what you're going through? Because everything is hanging in the balance of your attitude. Whew, hallelujah. So it's not the, the size of the bones, the amount of the bones, the dryness of the bones. It is what you say about those bones. Now look what Ezekiel did. Ezekiel, he just flipped the question back to God. He didn't even say, yes, they can, or no, they can. He just turned it back to God. You alone, O oh Lord, you know. And the Lord, now the ball now is flipped back into God's court. So God, in response... He does not even give his opinion. God himself does not say, yes, these bones can live. No, these bones cannot live. But what, whew, what God does 
is he tells Ezekiel to prophesy. And he tells him what to prophesy. In other words, what God is saying, what I know, it will be tied into what you say. You say it, and that will be my opinion on the subject. I will work with your mouth, and if you say as I say to these bones, I will work. Hallelujah. So he did not give him an opinion. He gave him a word to say. And based on what Ezekiel said, God did whatever was going to be done with the bones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our problem many times is when the valley of bones is dry and when it's vast, we get overwhelmed by the size of the bones, the amount of the bones and the dryness of the bones. So we start to speak bonology. Eh? This government, these taxis, this husband. Ooh, 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 did I say that? All right. That's only what you're going through. Let me just make it fair. This wife. Now we're all equal. These parents. Come on, young people. These parents. These children. Uh, the, point, the point is, is that the balance of these bones, what's going to happen with these bones was tied into what Ezekiel was going to say. And so God, instead of giving his opinion, he gave him something to say. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, I, I like this, Ezekiel 37 verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone, and it goes on and it goes on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, so what we see here is God on heaven and man on earth and God working with what man says. And as man prophesies to the bones, he eh, says, as I was prophesying, as I was prophesying, in other words, as I was speaking what God said, the bones started to come together, bone to bone to bone, then ligament and tendon to tendon, flesh, uh, and the whole thing eventually became a mighty army of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound. As I prophesied, there was a sound. As I prophesied, there was a sound. I love that. As I prophesied, there was a sound. In other words, Ezekiel, don't worry about the bones. Just worry about what thus says the Lord. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on what thus says the Lord. Don't worry about how daunting your situation looks, how high your mountain is before you. Just focus on what thus says the Lord. Because if you can focus on the thus says the Lord and speak what thus says the Lord, there will be a sound. I thank God for all of the help. There's all kinds of help that is poured into this nation from all countries all over the world. All kinds of investment, development strategies, plans, food aid, uh, uh, in, uh, uh, capacity, building aid. And all of it is beautiful and we are in support of any kind of help in any way, shape, form. Amen. But there is no substitute for the kind of help that comes from what thus says the Lord. As great as food aid is, food aid cannot resurrect dead bones. At very least, you have to be alive to receive food aid. 
at very least you have to be alive to receive some kind of development training. But if the bones are dead, vast, dry, and very dry, you cannot sustain dead, dry bones. You need a prophetic, thus says the Lord. You need something that is out of this realm of help. And when Ezekiel began to say what thus says the Lord, what aid could not do, began to do. What shururu could not do, come on somebody, uh, that word began to do. What no man could do by his own help, God by his word was able to do. The power of what God said is that powerful. It can take dead things and make them alive again. Hallelujah. I told you last week about Abba's testimony. Abba's testimony is the testimony that says the doctor says there is no hope. It's a closed case. You have three months to live. That was the best the doctors could do. But when thus says the Lord came into his life, it was able to do what the doctors could not do. And the three months was extended by 50 something, Menamen 3 something, 64 years. The word of God is that powerful. So we should not be concerned about what we are going through. We should be focused on what thus says the Lord. And if we don't know what thus says the Lord, ask him what thus says the Lord. Don't open your mouth until you have heard from what God has said. Because God's help is like no other help. There is no other rock like our rock. There is no other help like Jehovah. Hallelujah. There is no other person who comes on time. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Father God. The bones came together because he found what God said. Hallelujah. You know, I, I know there's many nationalities and I always want to be careful to represent everybody. We are an international church. Um, you know, sometimes we've had criticism from people, especially during Africa Arise, because it's almost too African where we should be more kingdom and including everybody. And I understand the concern because I grew up everywhere and my heart is always to welcome everybody and make everybody feel at home. Amen. And I, and I went, had to go back to the Lord with this because, you know, this is not like my idea. I told you last week how I am probably the least, least, all right, but I am probably the least nationalistic Ethiopian you will ever find. I told you last week I was running from this place. Intentionally, not by default. Looking and going the other way. You understand? But it's because I heard something from God about this place. That's the only reason we are here. God said it. I did not say it. So I just, and the Lord even confirmed to me, don't fight for what I said. Just say it and let the chips fall where they may. You see, because it's God who said it, not me. You, you, you know, the gospel is for everybody, and we believe to take the gospel, go into the whole world and preach the gospel. Amen. But you know, you know what happened? Remember in Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul, you know, there was a time he received, he saw Jesus himself. He saw a light on the Damascus road. It was not a black Jesus that he saw. It was not a white Jesus. It was not Ethiopian Jesus. It was not Korean Jesus. It was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus that he saw. Amen. But when he received Jesus, where he went was led by the Holy Spirit with that Jesus. Yes, you go into all the world, but you are going as the Spirit leads you. And in Acts chapter 16, there was a time when he tried to go to Asia. And the Bible says that Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow him 
to go into Asia. Why not? These are people who need this gospel just like me. Leave me alone. But the Spirit of God restrained him. And then he said, okay, then he tries to go into Bithynia. And the Spirit of Jesus refused to allow him to go into Bithynia. And then he's just sitting here with his gospel. And then he has a dream in the night of someone from Macedonia saying, come and help us. And he concluded that God had called him to go to, Philipp- to Macedonia. And he went on the next train. All the way to Macedonia, he arrived in Philippi and he began to pray in Philippi. Why is he in Philippi and not Bithynia? Is not the same gospel that saves Macedonia also saved? Yes, he saves everywhere. But in that time and in that season, God, for whatever reason, had his eyes set on Philippi. So he went to Philippi. But I found out, when he arrived at Philippi, where was the congregation? Where, where, was, where was the big, big Macedonia? Where are all the government leaders that come to hear this and introduce national? There was no government leaders. There was no revival. There was no conference with Apostle Paul poster all over the city of Philippi. Nothing. In fact, they found no place, no synagogue even to pray. So they went to the river. He went to the river and they began to pray. And then they found not a church, not a revival. Not a conference. They found a woman. One woman. All of this drama, all of this Spirit of God dreams, all of these things canceled, programs canceled, budget canceled for one woman. Lydia. But you know, I found out, I found out, she's a businesswoman. She was a dealer in purple cloth. But if you look at the scripture, it's so powerful. It says, there was a woman there. Her name was Lydia, a dealer in purple purple cloth. And she was, oh, look at what it says. Oh, one of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Just keep that verse up there. I found out why... God canceled the Bithynia conference, why God canceled the Asian conference, and why God set up the Macedonian conference. Do you know why? Because this woman, Lydia, was a worshiper of God. But look what happens. Look at the order. She was a worshiper of God, and then the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Usually in our theology, you first have to understand the message, and then you can worship God. But here, we see that the woman was already worshiping God and God was looking down and registering worshiper. Which tells me that we need to be very careful in our criticism of people of other faith. Because we know the outside exterior, but we don't know the inner worship. God knows those who are His. Amen. In fact, there could be some people who worship in the mosque who are better worshipers than you in the church. Because although they don't know like we know, they are seeking God with all their heart. Mm -hmm. And God will flip the entire script for the sake of worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship is not a matter of understanding the doctrine. Worship is built on a hunger for God. You can be... Amen. 
You can be imperfect in your doctrine. You can be, in fact, even, can I say, you could be completely off in your doctrine. But if you are a worshiper of God, God will find you. God will cancel the agenda. God will flip the script. God will turn everything upside down to ensure that the worshiper will eventually find. This is not the only case where God changed the story for the sake of a worshiper. There was an Ethiopian eunuch, but he went to, he went to Jerusalem to worship. And he came back with a complete worship and an incomplete doctrine. He's reading Isaiah and he doesn't understand what he is reading. So God cancels the program over here. There was revival going on in Samaria. God canceled the program in and sent Philip to the desert, not for another conference, but for one man. One man. And that's how the gospel came to Ethiopia. Cornelius, a worshiper of God, who was doing good and giving alms to the poor, and God, you know, Peter was actually having his rest because he had had such amazing conference. God canceled the program and ensured God is in the business of connecting his worshipers with his message so that the worshiper and the message will come together. And I believe that when God brought us here, it is not for any other reason but to connect with the worshiper somewhere so that, you know, what happened as a result of Lydia's conversion is the church of Philippi. One person birthed an entire church, and that church became the number one supporting church of Paul's ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. How am I doing? Is this okay? And I want you to know that God, somewhere, somehow, God brought us here to share the mission, the vision, that God is here and alive in our worship. And I thought about it, you know? It's interesting. Uh, and I allude to this a little bit in the, in the book, but I'm not going to tell you uh, what I wrote so that you can buy it. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, it's very interesting that for centuries in this nation that Jesus has been uh, worshipped with extreme, extreme severe devotion. It may not be the most perfect like we understand it, but... But, but the, the history of worship is unprecedented, perhaps even in the world. Some of these worshipers maybe are not even alive anymore. Some have even suffered greatly for the name of the Lord. But I believe that there is something unique, a mystery of this land that God has to reveal His glory in this last day. I believe that the name of Jesus will be honored in this land. I believe that God will be highly exalted in this land. I believe that yokes will be broken in this land. That Jesus will show up and show off for His glory. I believe that God has spoken a unique, a unique word. Some of you are not Ethiopian, but you don't even know why you are here. You just felt something in your spirit. You know, the first week when we came here, we didn't know what we, we were at Tontigas house, and we met this brother from Holland. His name was Robert. Some of you remember. But I asked Robert, what are you doing here? And he says, oh, I was in my bedroom and God spoke to me. And he says, I'm doing something in Ethiopia. It's going to be glorious. So I just packed up and with my family, we moved here. The first week that I came here, uh, you know, what God really loves is balanced scales, where injustice is turned into justice. 
You know, almost, I was thinking about this. Because of the abuses of leadership uh, and, and the, the old Russian system and the oligarchs of, of Europe and all that, communism was born out of a frustration because just a few people were taking all of the money and building huge kingdoms for themselves. So they were so frustrated, these few people, they got down and developed a whole new system, called it communism, where everybody is equal. And nobody can have more too much, and nobody will have too little, we'll all be equal, hallelujah. And I like that system. <laughs> but there's only one thing that was missing from the communist system. Do you know what that was? The love of God. Because God's system is always also everybody equal. All right? But with communism, see, the way they balance the scales is they took from those and gave to, to... You see what I'm saying? But in the kingdom of God, when the love of God touches your heart, no one takes anything from you. You give to those who are needy so that they will come up. And you give with joy. And it's amazing because with communism, everybody is equal here. But in the true kingdom of God, everybody is equal here. Because you cannot give and it not be given unto you. God's system cannot fail. I, I believe that we're coming to, to a time when a lot of things are coming to head. Some of us might even start to look even differently just because of the glory of God. And in this conference where we're having, I just want you to stretch your heart and stretch your faith. And, and, and this year, I'm believing that even, even greater things are in store. But I want you just to prepare yourselves. There are dry bones in Africa that are going to come together. Not because we are wise or strong, but, or not even because our strategy is perfect. It's just because we have heard from the Lord. And what we did, have chosen to speak is what thus says the Lord. And what we speak, God will work with. And bones will come together as we speak. Those that are scattered will come together. A mighty army will be produced out of dry bones. An army of righteousness. An army of love. An army of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Wherever there are dry bones, scattered bones, it's an opportunity for God to show up and show off. Hallelujah. And I want to announce today that maybe you don't agree with our vision. That's okay because there's many visions. Maybe you don't understand where we're coming from. I found out God even confirmed in prayer and fasting. I am not here to defend myself. But I am here just to speak what I have heard. And I have heard that out of this land and out of this continent, light has come. A rising has come. Victory from heaven has come. The power of resurrection has come. The scattered bones are coming together. The Lord of glory shall arise and have mercy on his people and shall cause the imbalanced scales to find balance again. That those that are wayward in spirit shall find a right, a right mind and a right heart. And that those who are afar off shall hear of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And repent that the land itself shall bring forth its fruit. Hallelujah. That redemption shall take place first in our own lives. Hallelujah. Then in our relationships with one another. Hallelujah. And then the land shall give forth its fruit. It has to because thus says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we talk about Africa Arise, before we talk about the bones coming together, 
I want to talk about your bones today. I want to talk about your dry and scattered bones. I want to talk about the things that you are going through right now. Perhaps you are more familiar with your own personal drama than you are with what thus says the Lord. And I just want to reiterate what God has said. You shall live and not die. And you shall declare the goodness of the Lord. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. He is the God who calls things which are not as though they were. So whatever is not in your life right now, I want you to declare right now as though it is. Because this is the spirit of your God. Hallelujah. Your personal resurrection victory begins now. I speak to every dry bone in your life right now. I speak to every depression in your life now. I speak to every malfunction and dysfunction in your life now. I speak to every disease and sickness now. Hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let the power of the resurrected Lord. Hallelujah. Let the power of the resurrection come on your dry bones now. Let the dry bones come together now. Let the broken places find healing now. Let God arise. Hallelujah. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. Let those who are wayward in spirit receive understanding now. Let the God of glory arise and shine on your life as the noonday sun. Hallelujah. Let the righteousness of your cause shine brightly today. Let the God of victory, hallelujah, the God who said light be, hallelujah, let his light come into every dark area. Let his light come into every shadow, hallelujah. Let the light of God come to every understanding, hallelujah. Let there be light even now, hallelujah. Let there be light even now, even now. Hallelujah. It is your time. Hallelujah. It is your time. Hallelujah. 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 Let us not walk as people who don't have hope. You are a people of great hope. You have a word that God has spoken over you. Don't walk as a people without hope. There's a word in the Bible that I love. It says God, he, call, he speaks to the prisoners of hope. Oh, ye prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. I like that word, prisoners of hope. You know, if you are a prisoner of the state, huh? if you are a prisoner of the state, that means that whatever the state does, you have to do whatever the state does tells you you have to obey when the state says sit you sit when the state says rise you rise because you are a prisoner of the state you cannot go there because the state has ordered that you cannot go there you are a prisoner of state you do as the state says but if you are a prisoner of hope that means you can only do what hope says. You can only move according to hope. You can only receive instruction from hope because you have been imprisoned by hope. Your actions are dictated not by drama but by hope because you are a prisoner of it is actually the greatest imprisonment that you could ever have you are a prisoner of hope today you are i said you are a prisoner of hope today hallelujah you will arise hope says live hope says live hope says live hallelujah hope says arise 
hope says breathe again. Hope says let your eyes come up here where Christ is seated. Let God arise. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. I want us to give God a big shout of praise right now. I thank you that depression has been struck between the eyes like David's stone before Goliath today. I thank you that confusion has met its match today. I thank you, Father God, that healing has broken out today. I thank you, Father God, that hope has found a home. And the hope has made us prisoner today, Father God. And I thank you that these dry bones, hallelujah, shall hear the sound of what we have announced today. And even as we speak, they are coming together. They are coming together for your glory. Hallelujah. No, we're okay. Just lift your hands, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that resurrection victory is ours. Thank you that a new hope, prisoners of hope have arisen today. Thank you that as we have declared, dry bones are coming together in our hearts, in our families, in our lives, in this nation, in this continent, and in the body of Christ worldwide for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. God bless you. Have a tremendous week in the Lord.